Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Hey, this is Cuss Corner 21. Cuss Corner, it's Cuss Corner. Cuss Corner, it's Cuss Corner. He's got the hottest takes with the highest stakes. He should be president of the United States. But it's Cuss Corner, it's Cuss Corner. Cuss Corner, <laughs> Can you believe we've got it down to 21 Cuss Corners? You were a part of the first Cuss Corner that we just randomly came up with one day. I don't know how it survived this long, but I mean, he keeps having takes. The, so. the takes are, the, it's a bottomless well of takes when you're dealing with one. Tim Undergust! Tim Undergust. That is not my name. Oh no, it most definitely is. We know that. It is not. Why, why do you have to start every show by saying, welcome to the Pat Mayo experience? And this is this corner. People know what they're watching. They know what podcast they downloaded. And if they didn't download the Russian on YouTube, they know what YouTube video they clicked and they can see it on the screen. Why do we have to keep telling them that every time? When did you become a host? Well, he's not a host. I mean, that's generally how you intro a show. You do a bit of an intro. There's also an extra. It allows you to compartmentalize what is going to be happening in the show, the giveaways that people have. It really sets the pace right away. It's not like I spent 20 minutes on it. No, but I would do it differently every time. What would you do? Please, to walk us through. How sometimes would I would introduce it. By, sometimes I would just jump right into it. Let's, okay, let's, let's do it. You are now, let's pretend we're at the very beginning of the show. Pat Mayo Experience! Tim, go ahead. <laughs> I would just start, boom, category one. No, 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 boom, do the fucking intro guess. to the show. No, the intro is there is no intro. No, just start. Yes, exactly. I'm going to do the intro again. I'll do the, 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 the music off the top, and then you just start, okay? No, I don't want to play this game anymore. Well, you're pretty critical for a guy with no answers. I was just asking a question. It's almost as if you say the same thing off the top and at the back each time because it's hard to come up with these things off the top of your head and you don't want to look foolish. There it is. It's like when people have taglines and they say their taglines. It's like I always say, I'll see you next time at the end. I had nothing else to say. Hell, see you it's, in the show. Because you're so focused on getting to that point that there's inherently a relief when you finally get there that you don't think of a thing to say. You need a tagline. You really do. Yeah, it's just it's a crutch that you can go to. Yeah. It helps end the show very quickly. It's like introing the show. We can here's and people know that welcome to Pat Mayo Experience. I don't say I'm Pat Mayo. There's a graphic bar for that. I'll be sh I'm I'm honestly shocked. I know I know like you said we're now at 21 of these and he apparently has a bottomless well of takes. I'm surprised his first grievance of Cust Corner 21 is how you host the show. I know. <laughs> Didn't see that one coming. All right, well let's get to the first topic. Tim, you have the topic selected. I have a few here myself that I can bring by you, but what is on your mind right now? Do you have a list of them? Cuz I know you love yeah, lists. So, or do you so, there's one thing you want to talk about right off the top? Two things. There's two things. We'll start with the first one. So I don't know how this is, but I do know how it's become a trend because millennials don't actually drink anymore. You're a millennial. So there's this new trend of these things called like water bars where people are going, instead of getting a beer or wine, the menu is just a list of different waters from all over the world and different, 
you know, sometimes they're different flavors. They, 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 they even have names and descriptions like you'd see of various types of wine. It's like, what is going on here? How bougie is this? That you've got people who've got to drink water only from this place or only from that place. Like regular cold bottled water is fine. I don't understand how a business like this, how are these businesses even staying in business? Who says, let's go out for a drink. I want to get, you know, uh, an ice cold glass of water from Nicaragua or something. I don't know where they're coming. Like it just seems so crazy that this has become a trend. Also, not a trend. Say, one, is this a trend? It's not a trend. Tim saw an article about it, so it must be everywhere. Uh, also, not big for millennials either, because they can't afford these like eight dollar glass glasses. Designed for millennials. You're a millennial. You don't like it. No, I don't like. I think I think it's terribly pretentious. But it is set up for millennials because millennials don't drink. Uh, they, you know, every public uh, survey shows this. My that, that begs to that by, that by generation they are far more likely to consume their $17 coffees uh, and, you know, take a selfie with it rather than get a, get a drink. I mean, the avocado toast you pair with the coffee may be $17. Yeah. I don't know about the coffee I mean, you itself. make your avocado toast at home. It's far cheaper. Avocados are not expensive, by the no, way. Neither not. is toast. No. So it's, uh, it's something you can really piece together at home. I enjoy myself some avocado toast. I don't think I would ever purchase it outside of my house because it would be like eight bucks, which is just ridiculous. Avocados are refreshing, though. Yeah, Tim loves, nice. an, Tim loves an avocado toast. Don't oh, yeah, to? I do. oh, he'll I yell, do. He'll yell at a clerk about the, the consistency and ripeness of an avocado. Well, if you're going to advertise having ripe avocados and all your avocados are rock hard, uh, that's false advertising. I, I just, with these water bars, it's no different than like, there are places, and it depends on where you are. Like the, the place of the article that you sent me was there's one popping up in Washington, D.C. And there's probably one in New York. There's probably one here in Toronto. I was going to say, I, like, I, I, we, I can't think of we, there being one here. But I, I there, don't think there, there I, might be. There, there could be. There's, there's a coffee shop in Toronto that you can bring your pet cat to to hang out. Like, once you get to ah, a population... See, I think this is this has been disputed. I think th- these cafes are actually the cats are provided. Oh, okay. It's if you, want, if you don't own a cat but want to go experience cats, you can get a cat. Yeah, it was just like my idea for the SPCA to make more money. You have Uber dogs. Because people love puppies, but people don't want to own puppies. So oh, you can, so like, just... rent puppies for four hours and just play with puppies. I'm surprised you can't already do that. that movie, Cats, because that looks great. I don't know about that. That is a take. Custy Bojangles. <laughs> it's going to be great. Uh, but, no, I don't... If you get to, like, a population density that's large enough and you have mm. enough, like, affluent people around, you're bound to get, like, weird businesses that pop up like this. And as a one-off... They'll remain viable until like the next thing comes along. But like yeah. I said, cat bars, dog bars, water bars, like no, but y- no y- one y- can tell the difference at these water bars. This is not like okay, okay, okay. That, okay that is that is okay. It is either you can't have it both ways. It's either true or not true that all water tastes the same, or there's different types of water. As you have proclaimed, you're a Dasani man, and you can tell the difference between all the different bottled waters, which is not just all insane. the different types. But I could tell you the difference between Aquafina, which is trash, and Dasani, which is quite good. You can't. There, yes, I can. There, there is a difference between Aquafina and Dasani. Okay, Aquafina does. Aqua. I will say. I only say this. Aquafina of all the major bottled waters, waters in North America, is my least favorite. I, I couldn't even rank the other ones for you. But there's something weird about Aquafina. Okay, so there's something. There's a difference between Aquafina, Dasani. It's like the sodium levels. It's just. It's just weird stuff. Okay, so what would make you think that if you had like. If you had a bar that exclusively served water from around the world, different minerals, things like that, yeah. I would imagine that the waters do taste marginally Well, different. I mean, Tim, you also said in your description of this bar that they have different flavors of water. 
Well, I think there are some flavors. I think it's mostly like, oh, you know, here in this martini glass, I'm drinking water that came from the top of a volcano uh, from Java. And that, you know, how sophisticated this, I this am. This seems that like the opposite like, of a millennial oh, thing. It, oh, it, it, this oh, spits it, in the face of the largest millennial problem, which is none of us have any money. It also well, not it, having money doesn't prevent them from buying things they can't afford. It also seems like you didn't actually look into what the actual like menu or this was. You're <laughs> now just you're you're now just making stuff up that you think no, is on no, it. I looked at the menu, but I looked at it like a month ago and wrote down this on my list. We also came out that Tim doesn't drink tap water. What? No, tap water's trash. He brushes his te- he brushes Brita, his teeth with with, wa- with bottled water. Wait, wait, wait. You brush your teeth with bottled water? Well, from a water cooler. From water from a water cooler. Like I fill up but the glass. But even if you don't like tap water, you're literally just spitting it out of your mouth. I don't even want to consume it. In I just find it tastes so. Strange. I don't like tap water. Is is the tap water in Toronto all that different from the tap water in Halifax? The tap water in Halifax is in the 99th percentile of cleanest water in the world, where Tim lives. It is it is fantastic water. We got, we got a lot of water out there and there's no industry to ruin the water. Yeah. So it's perfect. Uh, also, Tim is talking about these highfalutin people going to water bars and spending money on, you know, different things from like he said, from the top of no, the no, but this is different. I won't use tap water. Like you're all over the place here, man. Look, no, I'm not. Listen, I think a lot of people use their water coolers and most people have them to brush their teeth with and consume for, and Tim, use not just- we, we ran we, we ran a Twitter poll on this and it was the lowest, like usually you consider 5% a win for That's, you. Yeah. It was 2%. Oof. And I think people uh, asked to, and most of them, I, I assume- I always raised burners. to use the water cooler water. Cause it's fresher, it's colder. Like, you know, water can be- That's another you know, thing. When I'm brushing my teeth, generally speaking, I don't want cold water. Yeah, neutral. Water. Oh, I yeah, lukewarm. Luke, Luke, Luke that would that really irritates your teeth. I would find or your gums. I guess Luke more specifically, warm water in general is bad to consume from taps, like because it just sits in the water heater and it's not good. Do you know how? Water, do you know how tap water works? Well, you, at least cold water <laughs> flows through far more frequently. Hot water like hangs around in the hot water tank. So, like, how do you shower? Well, I, you know, you have to use the water, but I do make a point of keeping my mouth closed. Do you pee in the shower? I don't, water, I don't want water like dripping. I don't like, I don't like the taste. It tastes bad and I won't drink it, but that so is not the taste. same as these bougie people who are going to spend. Yeah, God knows the, yeah, yeah the, bo- the bougie people, not you though, not you. You're not one of no. the bougie people. I can't, I can't even have tap water on my body. I can't even and shower. I, like I hire a woman. It's only bottled water. To bring in a two, four of bottled water. Just dump it over. Dump me. it over top. Put of it in me. a super soaker and spray <laughs> me with it. If I go to a hotel, it's all bottled water when it comes to that kind of stuff. I wouldn't dream of drinking the water out of a tap in a hotel. How many times in your life, I'm talking to Gary in here, not you, have you been so hungover or still like half drunk in the middle of the night that you've just stumbled oh. over to the tap, turned it on and put your head underneath and just started glugging so water? So many times. I was in Boston that earlier this week. Barbarism. And it's even in hotels, it's especially sad because generally the only tap you have is in the bathroom. So just getting up so hungover at like 3.30 in the morning where you're like doing that in a bathroom sink, there's a certain level of dignity that you've just thrown out the window Disagree. at that point. But still, it's you, very efficient. you have to do that. And it tastes fine because it's water. Yeah, and you, and you live in a first world country. You're fine. Yeah, when, when we went on my honeymoon, my wife, uh, 
she hadn't been to many like non-first world countries. Mm. So we're on a nice resort in Morocco. It seemed pretty legit. And I was like, you can't drink the water here out of the tap. You have to drink bottled water because it's not good for you. And she's yeah. like, no, 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 no. I'm going to drink oh, no. the tap water. She, actually? she drank the tap oh. water in Morocco. Let's just say two days later, our Portugal experience was not great. We stayed in the hotel room. She was like, uh. Yeah. It's like when you go to Mexico, don't drink the tap water. It could be fine, but it could be bad. Yeah. Where Tim lives, like I said, 99th percentile of clean water. It's fine if you run it through a Brita. I will drink it then. But I, I, would, I would not drink it unless it's being run through that. You're such look, a fancy man. Look, that's not fancy. I'll, I'll it's admit, very common. I'll admit you would not find me at a water bar. Like if, if we're going to go me, back. Me either. Exactly. Like if we're going to go back to the, the nuts and bolts of this conversation, I but agree with you in the sense that this is stupid. Is. Again, though, I don't Only think it's millennial, millennial culture. culture it's, 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 a business, it grandparents. it's a business culture where you literally just find a product that has multiple variations of that product. And like Pat said, in a city with a population over a couple million people. There's enough people to make it a viable business. Exactly. It's not, there's it's enough not a chain. people that'll be like, hey, do you want to try this water bar? Like, there's even enough people where you just say the phrase water bar and they're like, what is that? Like, I'd, I'd almost just be interested to go see how they've managed to pull that off. It's like when you go to weddings and people have that like goofy shit that you like hire a company and they have like a photo booth and there's like an oxygen bar. Yeah. Hey, it's really stupid, but everyone gives it a try. Yeah, you're like, when else would I try this in my life? I'm going to I'm going to yeah. check it out again. But it, when we think like water bar, it's like, why do you have to try all these new things? Like, why not just stick with what you know and what works? How about that? What a crazy idea. I don't need to experience. Do they have that water? water? Volcano. Do they have that water from the Sahara that Bobby Boucher uses <laughs> to come back alive in the fourth quarter of the Mud See, Bowl? You, you would, you would try that, wouldn't I you? I would definitely try that. See, water. If that was available at my local water bar, I would try that. But it's also just a place where you can go. Some people go to Starbucks and have a coffee, and then they have a meeting, or they do work yeah. from there. I'm sure the water bar works exactly the same. Instead of going drinking and going to a pub and having your meeting there over lunch, you go to the water bar. Like it's just a place to go. And again, I'm not looking for a place to go, Tim. Well, that's that. That's true. We've the concept that he's truly against here is just leaving the house, as we know. Yeah, he's an indoorsman. We know that. But the fact that you're in your early 30s and you think you've experienced everything good in the world is just insane. I I, I don't believe I said that. Well, you said why try anything new was just what you said. But why do I have to try something? New? You don't no have telling to. You, you have to do this. The, the, the Gestapo isn't coming to your house and saying, Tim, you must go to Waterbar now or off with you. That's not happening. You can choose to go like, there I don't or not have, choose I'm to not go there. I'm not compelled to have to try all these brand new things and all these wild experiences. You, you, like, you don't have to. You, and I just don't I just don't understand a culture that I encounter where people are like, oh, I've got to try this new water because it was flown in from, you know, Equatorial Guinea. It's like, well, that seems really strange to me. Just have a Dasani, man. But I don't like Dasani. <laughs> just have a Dasani, <laughs> man. <laughs> but Tim doesn't even drink water. He drinks Diet Coke. How many are you up to a day now? Eight? No, well, it depends on the day. Again, if, if we go by the ratio, he's at a DC per hour. A DC per hour after he has three coffees per hour before that when he makes the switch. You should really just stick with the yeah, coffee. I would, I would actually say, considering how much caffeine you ingest on a daily basis, I don't know how you sleep, so you have more hours in the day to go experience new things than the average person. Go hit up a water bar. See what it's all about. I, I just find the whole concept of, again, just... Late when people talk about late stage capitalism, like unfortunately, that's what they're talking about. People just setting their money on fire. I mean, you just said you drink eight diet cokes a day. Some would argue, some would argue that that's also letting your money on fire. No, it's not the same thing at all. How is that not the same thing? 
At least one. Well, at least one thing is good for you, and the other thing that you're doing is horrible for you. Again, it's not horrible. It's horrible for you. It's diet. <laughs> they really got it with that branding. I mean, look. It's diet. It has I can't, to be good I for can, you. I can can't lie. Everyone knows that. <laughs> it has no calories. I don't know why I can't. Like, it's good for you. There are things that are different than calories, like sodium, for instance. Or aspartame. Aspartame, not great either. You load your body up with this, it's going to affect you, Tim. I'm telling you. It has no carbs in it either. <laughs> Tim's on the keto diet. <laughs> his only thing he eats all day is Diet Coke. <laughs> He's basically just Phil Mickelson now. Yeah. But with Diet Coke. So uh, anything more on this water stuff? I think we've about I, I think exhausted we've, this one, I think. I, I think the big revelation is that he, he won't drink tap water or use tap water to I brush just, his teeth. I just can't wait until we get into a situation where, like, you know those, um, the beer bars, that like the pedal beer bars? No. Where, like, you and, you and like, ten friends, uh, I think they're really big in Detroit, actually, but it's it's a bar, but you literally sit there and you, like, pedal as you're drinking, and it it, it moves like it's out on the street. It kind of goes. Oh around. yeah, I've seen those. Oh those. my yeah. good I was say, god! I was gonna say he probably hates. Nashville. He probably hates those so much already. Imagine when the first one comes out. That's a water pedal bar. Oh, there's like, there. I've never heard of this thing. This thing sounds terrible. You've never heard of this thing? Oh, let's get into no, this. Then. I don't live in the elite. You know, I don't live in the elite urbane lifestyle where that they're type big of, in Detroit. Yeah, what are you talking of, about? That type of you know, sort of like fringe behavior takes place. I'm going to pedal around my bar. Good, my he doesn't. He doesn't even want to sit on a patio to yeah, drink a beer. That's true. Ima- imagine cracking a sweat. Oh, my God. Well, listen, you could crack right now. You could crack a sweat just being out on a patio. I mean, it's, it's days like this that makes me just shake my head at anybody who thinks summer is better than winter. It's, it's, it's just crazy. Uh, today is my favorite day of the year so far where we live. It, it's too hot. It's not too hot. It's the perfect. I feel like that guy from The Simpsons. It, it's too hot today. Yeah, Sydney yeah. Green Street, the guy who is funneling Krusty's money. Yes, it's too hot today. Uh, so it's currently, I mean, it's currently 85 degrees here now, so 30 Celsius. It's perfect. It's great weather. It's very muggy. It's muggy. But it is. I, I'll take this every single day of the year. It'd yeah. be fantastic. Like you said, you were on a patio yesterday. I was on a patio two days ago. Great patio weather. I don't want to hear about it. You also don't want to hear about the pedal bikes. I think, I I, I think it's a very... I had to go on a patio to eat a meal last week, and it was awful. But you had to? Who forced you to do it? But it was on a second level, so it wasn't as bad as, like, street level. Oh, because the people walking by is a big thing for him. Oh, yeah, I forgot people about watching that. watching him eat. Yeah, he's out there peacocking, eating his fancy meal on a patio. It was, it was actually a pretty fancy meal, I have to say. What did you have to eat? What was your fancy meal? It was uh, porchetta-wrapped pork tenderloin. With roasted garlic and uh, and uh, vegetables. Oh, that that sounds like a real meal. Yeah, it does sound like a real meal. I thought he was going to say taco stuffed with lobsters. <laughs> no, like a cherry cream sauce on top of it. Where did you wow. go? To, where did you go to eat? So I was taken to a place. Uh, I had a bet with some people last year about uh, fantasy about the, uh, the the Super Seven contest, and we won. And so the winners got taken out to dinner by the losers. So we went to this Italian restaurant nearby. Oh, what was the what was the Italian restaurant? Il Mercato. Oh God, that's 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 like it's not bad. It's like the keg of Italian food. Okay, it's, it's very good. It's but, like it's very like middle middle tier Italian. Right. 
as soon it's as we though. got there and they ordered their drinks, the server she spilled a beer on me. <laughs> now I didn't. I was fine with it. I was. Per- I was like, that's fine. No worries. It's okay. Well, they couldn't have been more than gracious. They brought me club soda to try to clean things. There was no stain. Uh, they gave me a card. Uh, and then they, to say thank you, they took the appetizers and my DCs off the jack uh, to say thank you. So was, it was really good. Wait, oh, wait how, was, how, how are you paying you, per DC? Yeah, was she, it like a bottomless DC? Yeah, it should be a bottomless DC. You order one. I don't know. I wasn't paying. I wasn't even looking. But they said they took it off the jack and the appetizers. But anyway, it was a nice meal. So this really worked out well for the people who had to pay. They, they had yes, to pay, our, they had to pay our, off their rent to pay any money. <laughs> Our friend Tim was quite happy. Did they offer you to like dry clean your clothes? And you were they like, they gave me a card and offered it to me. Yes. Were you like, ma'am, I've never dry cleaned a thing in my life. I'm not going to well, start now. That wouldn't be true. But what do you dry clean? Suits. How often do you wear suits? Not often, but like if I wear one to like a wedding in the summer, if it's really hot, you sweat, you take your suit to the dry cleaner to have it dry cleaned. The dry cleaner. Italian. Italian. <laughs> I went to the Italian restaurant. It, that actually sounds like quite a good meal. I'm thoroughly impressed. Yeah, that that story took a direction that I was I not thinking. To get the it was chicken parm really badly. That seems more and more in line with you. Yeah. Did did they force you to try like a real meal? They didn't force me, but someone else at the table was already getting the chicken parm, and I knew it was going to be really good. They brought it out, and his chicken parm looked amazing. So wait, did you not get it because you wouldn't order the same thing someone else ordered no. at the table? No, no. I mean, I. Listen, the chicken parm at BP is one of the best meals you can get. And so in some ways, perhaps psychologically, I was afraid. Wait, wait, hold on. Is is BP Boston pizza? 100% is Boston pizza. Yeah, it's Boston pizza. And so I guess psychologically, perhaps I was afraid that I would try this and like it better than the Boston pizza one. I I didn't want that. Oh, question from the audience. Yes, sir. As someone who was a a cook for multiple years at Boston pizza, I will assure you that nothing at Boston pizza is the best you can get. Did you hear that, Tim? I did, but like, it's really good. Well, I mean, you, it, despite being hashtag Tim too rich, as we found out, with I his, hate decad- that one. I hate that <laughs> his, his decadent lifestyle with his bottled water. Wow, well, he's got that government money. Yeah, that's true. That you really do have like a trailer park trash level like palette. palette. Yeah, oh yeah. Like, it's really crazy. Like, for what you think is like really high end good eats. It's like low class stuff. I disagree. I like. I thought this stuff the other night was quite good, and I said as such. But you well, said no. you, you said you'd rather have chicken parm, and you also said your yeah, reason for parm, not I wanted it, and like Brad had it, it looked amazing. Oh, so that makes more sense. So we have this friend Brad. Um, I'm aware. Yeah. Oh yeah. You you've met Brad. So when his wife is home, he you know he eats reasonably. When his wife is not around, he only eats two things. He orders in pizza and has a spoon that he eats peanut butter out of the jar with. Those are the only two meals he consumes. And his wife's away for two weeks. So just, I, and like you would used to just go over to his place when his wife was away and the peanut butter jar would be on the counter with the spoon in it just open. Probably for like three days. <laughs> and the pizza boxes are shoved in the oven. Yes, that's where he puts them. And then sometimes he forgets that they're in there and turns the yep. oven on. Yeah. Um, so this is who Tim has a pallet off with. Like when he sees that guy getting it, it's like, oh, must be good. That's what goes. Again, I think we we skimmed over the part where the reason he didn't get it was not even the Boston pizza thing. That's that's important. But Paul, does Boston pizza food come frozen or do they make it fresh? Uh, the chicken parm, veal parm, that's all frozen. That's all frozen? Yeah. That makes sense. But the fact that... 
The fact he was scared of getting this one because it might be better than the Boston Pizza one. What would that what would that change in your life, Tim? Like, would you now, in your head, would you now have to come to this fancier restaurant, this more expensive restaurant, and only get that chicken parmesan because it unseated the Boston Pizza chicken parmesan? Or No, because I've been telling people for years that I thought the, the chicken parm and BP was one of the very best meals you could get. And if this was wrong, I would sort of feel like another Springfield guy realizes that it's all a fake and he has to try to cover it up. Like it would have felt like that. Right. Now, when you get your chicken Parmesan at BP, how many DCs would you say you get with that? <laughs> yeah, you, I don't know. As many as come with it, I suppose. Right. Maybe I'm going to drink probably one full and then a refill. Also, who do you think is taking like your culinary advice? You're like, you got to get the chicken. Like, oh, I, I'm, I'm coming to the city, Tim. Like, I'm from out of town. I need to get a good meal. What should I get? You should get the chicken perm at Boston Pizza. <laughs> Have you heard of this local place, Boston Pizza? <laughs> like, who is, who is doing that? Who are you giving these recommendations to? That isn't like, sne- that isn't sneering at you. As oh, soon do you as think you say he it. calls it BP? Because when he gives this advice to people, he's like, you got to try this thing. It's this little place I like, BP. And they're like, oh, that sounds interesting. And then they show up only to realize. <laughs> He was talking about a Boston pizza the entire time. Maybe. ESM, ESM tweeted at me the other day because I was telling them what a great, what, how much I love their stuff. Who did? Inside Marios, ESM. I was tweeting at them and they tweeted back at me and told me I was a real fan. <laughs> you have more interaction. I interact all the time with, food, with chain restaurants because they're, when they're great, I let them know it. And, and the only negative one I've ever had is the time I dunked on the Wendy's character. Look, when they dunked on you and made a fool of you? It's not the way I remember it. <laughs> Look, I am a man who probably not to the extent that you do. I, I like fast food. I like chain restaurants. I have no problem with them. But at the same time, you have to understand the differentiation between like, again, you just had a good meal, like a really good meal. You're telling me that didn't and that, feel and good. No, and that, that's not even a really good yeah, exactly, meal. Exactly. But like you can go way up on the tiers of like really, yeah. really good meals from there, but that's a good baseline. Yeah, it's like, a good baseline good. meal. Yeah. And it's not like, I, I mean, if you're talking about like Eastside Mario's, Eastside Mario's is like trash. It's not good. It's like the biggest yeah. run of the mill. Like, Let's, let's get well, it. I think, like, I think it beats Olive Garden, but that's yeah. It's like a step above. It's like fast food Italian, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Il Mercato is like on the next step up, and then like you get you know, your fancier ones. Sure. But yeah, they did this thing I've never seen before with bread, where they mixed balsamic olive vinegar and olive oil, oil together yeah. in a little bowl. I have never seen this before. I've never, I, it was a delicious flavor combination. I couldn't believe how good it was. I was like, what is this? You know where I like, saw, you know where I saw that happen? Everywhere? Uh, everywhere. Also, uh, I went, I went to Italy. <laughs> they were, they were doing that over there. I mean, probably not as good as the Sparrow, but it wasn't I, I never even, never even thought of it. Never seen it before. It was, it was like mind blowing. See, this is why it's hard for you to weigh oh. in on rest, on restaurants, to be perfectly honest with you. Cause it's very clear. You've never been to a good restaurant. I've been to places. It doesn't seem like you have. At least no good Italian places. Wow. Well, this place was good. Wow. How? Oh. Now, I should say, my girlfriend serves in an Italian restaurant. So maybe my perspective on, like, who knows about balsamic is a little skewed. No, this is pretty... 
I mean, it's not just the place where she works that does it. Oh, I know, but I'm just, but it's I'm just saying, like, I, hear, I probably hear about it a little bit more than like you would in an average conversation. Sure. Um. Oh my God, that. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. You got anything more on restaurants? Any new places that you've tried recently? No, I mean, I, I, I really haven't gone anywhere. Now that I'm on this new health kick, I've been trying to try to eat at home as much as possible. The new health Can kick we is, get into the health kick? Well, the health, the health kick is drinking eight I, Diet Cokes a day. I thought there was maybe a little bit more. No, it, it's, it, well, this it's IF, but like when I'm hungry, I just crush a DC. Hmm. Yeah, why are you, yeah, what's with all the acronyms? You have a lot of time on your hands. I don't think you need acronyms. I just, anyway, that's been my approach is intermittent fasting. I've been trying anyway, between like one o'clock and seven o'clock. And then any other time in between I'm hungry, I have a coffee or a diet coke. The sad thing yeah, is you, you, you do like, I mean, maybe Paul can speak to this better, but although it has zero calories, I feel like diet coke would kick you out of the intermittent fasting because of all the other crap it has in it. Like the reason that black coffee doesn't, because it's essentially just water. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you have one, it's probably not good. You get eight. Yeah, like I think that will that will start whenever you have your first diet coke of the day. That's when you write down, like when your fasting has stopped. Well, see, to me, I would say it would. Well, well I mean, there's a big difference of to you and what reality would be with the situation. Now, I'm not. I, I, I'm I think not 100% that calories are the thing that matter here. Well, it's whatever starts burning everything in your stomach like you ingest sodium into yourself like you ingest aspartame into yourself then your stomach's going to start working your digestion is going to start working that I, that would lead me to believe that that would kick off your intermittent fasting it would kick you out of that well call it what you want then whatever whatever if it's not technically intermittent fasting call it what you want this is what i'm on and so anyway so i haven't been out to a lot of places recently i, I went out to Supper there last week. Probably I've been out anywhere since. I don't know that I have, other than to like Subway once or twice. I just think it's. I think the saddest part is just. And, and look, I can't speak to diet or eating healthy, but it seems like he's so close. Like that, yeah, you're there. You just have the wrong components. In, in the sense of like, it's such a good thing that when I get hungry, probably out of boredom, considering what Tim does most days of the week, um, instead of eating something, I'll just drink. Now, the answer should be, I'll just drink a glass of water. Uh, you've replaced that with Diet Coke. Step back. Diet, though. Diet. I'm on a diet. I drink Diet Coke. Diet makes, Coke makes a lot sense. of logical sense. Correlates. Um, but you're close. Yeah, the steps are there. You're close. I feel like you're just deploying what you're up to improperly. Like, you are. You are very close to this. You just need to flip the switch just like 40 degrees, and then you'll be good. Can you do that? be very difficult like sort of thought what i was doing now was working have you considered going to the subway probably i would say it doesn't really matter which one but like the closest one to your house uh asking to speak to the manager and telling him about your intent to go on a diet and hoping that maybe they work out some sort of jared situation with you tim is jared no no thank you no yeah no one wants to be associated with any sort of jared nobody be new jared everyone would like him again be like hey forget old jared he was weird. Here's new Jared. It's <laughs> he was, Tim. He was more than weird. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was criminal. Yeah, he was criminal. <laughs> uh, so what's your next topic? My next topic was about, so Paul knows about this because Paul and I were talking about this. Because, again, millennials think they have to live in the city. There's this new trend, particularly in San Francisco, of people oh. spending $1,200 a month to basically buy a bunk bed in what is like a hostel in San Francisco. 
And it, it's just outrageous that, you know, people basically have a bed and a shelf and a little TV. And this is their room. And it's like they're stacked four or five. They're called pods. They're stacked four, five, six on top of each other. And it's just ludicrous. Instead of people spending $1,200 a month on somewhere respectable outside the city, you don't need to live in the city. You don't have to be there. I know you think, oh, the whole world, you, you can go to other places or you can go to smaller cities and find things to do. You don't have to live in San Francisco. Some you don't have to might. live in. It, it, it's just foolish. And I just, I, it irritates me to see people throw their money away like that. I think you've, again, you've stumbled onto a larger issue in society but taken a very strange perspective on it. Um, I don't want to generalize too much, but I will say big cities tend to have jobs. Um, and the concentration of jobs is moving more and more towards the cities. Unless you work, like there, it works one of two ways. Like the smaller towns are basically just getting routed out of all, like yep. any job that you can get in a small town basically sucks now. Yep. Um, there's just not the sort of industry that there once was. Everything is migrated towards the bigger yeah. cities. So people are flooding towards the bigger cities. Unless you're the type of person that can work from home. And we yes. see a lot of that too. Yes. So yeah, that's, that, that's a revolution. Telework and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I, I agree, again, but that's, not everyone that's can do that. That's still selective. Not everyone can do that. Some people have to live in the city in which they work. And like but Pat there's said, a good number so of people who don't need to, who are in tech jobs, who don't need to report yeah, but, to yeah, the but, office. Yeah, but a lot of those people aren't the people. Yeah, uh, yeah, but a lot of the, the people that you're talking about, the people that need to be in the city for like good tech jobs, they're not the people piling into $1,200 a month bunk beds. They, yeah. they can afford everything. Like move. If that were me, yeah, you vote with your feet. Move where? Leave like even you go to a smaller city. Again, these are more. There's a better cost of living. Toronto is an extreme example of this end of the spectrum because the city itself is one of the most expensive to live in in the world, and that makes every surrounding city even more expensive just through juxtaposition. But like, my parents bought a house in Scarborough, which is about an hour outside of the downtown core of Toronto. Uh, Fifteen years ago, a house cost a quarter million dollars. Uh, that same house earlier this year sold for 900000 So where where are you moving, Tim? Yeah, that's been the big thing. Like, uh, my wife and I are looking at selling our condo in d the downtown area and looking to buy a house, but we can't actually sell our place. We couldn't basically even afford our place at yeah. this point. Like, just the appreciation over the three-year periods since we bought it now takes us, like, all the money that we'll make on it. That's great. That's yeah. fantastic. We sell it, but we have to move away from the city in order to, to buy something. Yeah. Yeah. Like if, if nothing else, we just have a lateral move because the only places that are in the, our price range now are just our place. Yeah. So you're not, you can't really move up by doing that because the cost of everything is just going up and up and up. Like a normal house in the city, like a decent size house, like over two, not even a big house, like over 2000 square feet, 2000 to like 2,500 square feet is like $2.5 million. It's yep. crazy. And people are around to pay that. And then you end up in a situation like Tim is talking about where you find these buildings. Like there's a new condo that just went up like three blocks from here. And it's a lot like what Tim talked about. I believe it's $1,100 a month and it's 60 square feet. I don't know what the answer to the problem is, but the first thing we have to do is recognize that it's a problem. I think and people, that people, people know that it's and a problem. It on, and it can't go on like this forever. That's, you know, we have to accept this is not the new normal. This is actually a problem that needs to be resolved in some way. How that resolution comes about, I mean, there's lots of different ways you can take a bite at that apple, whether it's through technological innovation, through people, and through companies relocating out of expensive cities into cheaper. I don't know. I, I'm unclear how to solve this problem, but it's clear to me that it is a problem and not something that we should just shrug at and go, well, that's just the way it's going to be from now on, because that, 
Like that can't go on forever. Well, you're mostly just shrugging at it and saying that's stupid. They shouldn't do that. So, well, no, they shouldn't. But I don't know what the solution is either. I'm not pretending like I can answer that problem, but I can diagnose it. But a lot of the people that are, you know, living in these places, like they're looking for, like, let's say you're in finance and you want to work in San Francisco. You can't just move to Bakersfield, California and be in banking. Like that's where you need to be. There are certain professions you need to be in the big cities for that. And people would rather do that and pay your 1200 bucks a month for a shoebox or a pod than commute two and a half hours each way. Like that's not feasible either. I agree. It's a very thorny problem, but what kind of life is that either? Like that, how is that fulfilling? How is that flourishing? Well, I mean, the the, the, the end of society is the flourishing person and the flourishing family. That's the purpose of living together in community, which it is. Then Mm. that type of living is not conducive towards happiness in a meaningful sense. Yeah, but people aren't really pigeonholing what happiness is, though. Like, I think some people have, especially nowadays, where that idea of family, like you're talking about, has become so pushed back to even, like, your mid to late 30s, that I I think there are an ilk of people and an archetype of person in their mid to late 20s who is who understands the amount they're going to have to work anyway and the amount they like to go out to water bars and such and and experience the city, because that's one of the reasons you live in the city is to experience it, that they're really only getting a place to sleep. Yeah, and I mean, these aren't the people at the end of their careers that are flourishing that are buying these places. These are the people that are starting out to be where they need to be so they can flourish, because if they're not there, they'll have no shot at it anyway. I don't know. I feel like you get yourself into a cycle, though, when you start living in places like this. I mean, I, I did. This is no different than when I moved to Toronto and you came and visited me in my thousand dollar a month shitty basement apartment that I had to commute into the city to go do things. Sure. But that's still a step above what these people are doing. Sure. But I also came 10 years ago. Yeah. If I came now, that might be the possibility for me. Okay. Like, so I'm not disagreeing with you. I get that there are reasons behind it. But it doesn't mean that we should pretend like it's okay. No one is pretending that yeah, it's okay. No, it's just, no one's okay just, just with legit, this situation. No one has solutions. Like they've here, they've tried to put in like a foreign buyers tax that didn't do anything. Like it, no, that, and, that, no. As it turned out, like I think the idea behind it is really smart. That hey, if you are not from this country, and it was mainly because Chinese people were coming over, they bought out Vancouver and they started buying out Toronto. But like, you have to pay an extra fifteen percent. But as it turns out, billionaires from China yeah, don't really okay care. With that. They don't really care about the extra fifteen yep. percent. They're just trying to get their money out of China. So that's not really helping. They've moved on to Montreal now, um, oh. and they're just still buying it. So Montreal, G- Gabe will be pumped. I mean, listen, if you go buy like housing in Montreal right mm-hmm. now, it's going to be worth a ton in like five years if you can buy it like downtown. Just just throwing that out there. I'm actually looking at that right now. Maybe maybe make a move to Montreal. Not going to do that, but get me around those French people. But hey, if you had extra money to invest, which I don't, I think it'd be a smart idea. But there's no affordable housing for any of this stuff because you're not. Oh, it's a crisis. I agree. But it, all, even the the new stuff that's going up, like there are mass condo buildings, and that's all like the downtown core of all these major cities are going to be. They're just going to look like Chinese cities. Like our friend John lives yeah. in Shenzhen, just stacked, which is like the eighth most populated place on earth, and it's just a bunch of seventy foot. 70-story condos. Yep. Just yeah, and that, that should make us sad. Did you think you were going to solve affordable housing on this podcast? No. No, I just okay. wanted to sort of underline he, it. He just wanted to call the people no, who do right. it stupid. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's like, it is in one sense, but I understand it in another sort of thing. Like, they have my sympathy because it's not conducive to human flourishing. Uh, it's, it's unfortunate. 
Yeah, but it, it's like people who, listen, like when I lived in New York, like you move to New York, you live in your shitty place yeah. because you're never there. And you're in New York. Yeah. Like you're there for work because that's where the best of the best go. And you want to try to get ahead or you want to break in. You want to make a name for yourself. Depending on what business that you're in, you need to be in Manhattan or at least commute to Manhattan every single day. It's also the most fun place to be between the hours of 6 p.m. and 6 a.m. too. Yeah. And that's a big draw for people too. And Again, I guess that depends on how you're wired. Like I'm wired in a different way where I yearn for sort of a far quieter, far more rural uh, yes, you'd like you to know. own your farm in a yeah, my life. country estate. I, I yearn for that far more. That to me would be far more fun. But you can't do anything at a farm. You would just hurt yourself. I think I'd be okay. I could be a gentleman farmer. I, I still do think that. I could it's plow the fields farmer. and you know. You do sorry. You do what now? Plow the fields and you plow the fields. This is coming from the guy who can't drink tap water. Well, out there it's a well, so you're fine. Yeah. How about well water? Are you big on well water? No, I despise. Well, well we have you're a, not living on a farm, Tim. We have a, we have a summer country house that's on well water. And the water is, you can't, you, it's so minerally. Uh, and like, it has that deep mineral smell to it. What was, uh, I, what was I that hashtag again? Uh, Tim Too Rich. Okay, Tim Too Rich. Yeah. I hate that hashtag because it's not true. Well, I'm stop wearing no, jaunty chapeaus and attending your summer home in the Hamptons. I, I'm, not some, I'm not some patrician. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a regular Joe. You're the regular Joe. I'm just a doctor with a summer home. Yeah, I'm a doctor with a summer home, and I won't touch tap water. Yes. I'm, a, I'm just, I'm the average man. But like all, all those 27-year-olds out there working and having to live in these tiny Squalor. apartments, do they know they're stupid? <laughs> oh, they're just the poor? Uh, we must fix this somehow. I don't believe I speak like Kelsey Grammer with a mid-Atlantic accent. You kind of do, actually. No, I don't. You articulate things very well. Yeah, weird pronounce, like weird emphasis on weird syllables. Yeah. That's the whole thing. Yeah. Or when he says Houston, it's just very strange, considering where he's from in mm-hmm. the world. Um, so yeah, you have not solved affordable housing. Ah, and I didn't we'll get it next time, I was going to. But I thought I would bring it up as a public interest story. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a very big thing. Like I said, I'm in the market to try to buy a house. And the more I try to buy a house, the more I realize I can't afford a house. Nope. Someone wants to, like, give me a million bucks. That'd be awesome. A question from the audience. Yes, sir. I think the place that Tim's talking about is set up for, like, new people in town. So you have a place downtown until you sort yourself out. It's only, like, month to month. Uh, see, that would make a lot of sense. Lot Did of you sense. hear that, Tim? Yes, I heard that. So I think that makes a lot of sense. It's it's almost like a hostel in a way, but for people getting to town and then trying to figure out, like, I remember when I moved back, uh, I luckily I had friends in town that I could crash with for a month before I found myself an apartment, got myself furniture, yeah. got myself, like, I couldn't just move. It's not like I moved back and I, I had my place. I'm not that organized. Well, if you needed your furniture back, you could have just asked. I mean, you were making good <laughs> use of it. That's true. But Do you still have that TV that you and Eric dropped? No, I think we threw that out. Yeah, that didn't make it to our place. That was so heavy. Yeah, that was like the all those old TVs used to be heavy. Yeah, but that was that was the like that was an HD TV, but it's before like the last of the non flat screen ones. It was so heavy. Yeah, it was. It was big. no wonder we dropped it on the way in, and it had that weird color bar yeah. at the bottom. Yeah, so it worked. Very green, if I remember right. Yeah, it well, was we, green. We had like seven screens set up. At that one was the one the Dolphins game was got put on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when you have seven games, well, you need seven screens. A year for March Madness, we had. The worst game on that screen. That's fair. 
Damn, housing crisis. Not a remains unsolved <laughs> after our discussion. I really thought we were going to get to the bottom of Damn. it. Damn. So close. If you have any ideas, Tim, besides building affordable housing, the problem is that unless it's government-owned community housing, that whoever owns it is just going to charge yeah, way more. There's, like, there's no way. People are, that's the thing. There's still people lined up to buy these places at the stupid cost that why would anyone ever lower the price? No, I, I, I agree. And I don't want the, the prices to be fixed either. Like, but that's, that's, the, that's, the, that's the only way to do it. And then you like, we're even seeing it right now. Like the gentrification is just wiping these places out and they're moving people further and further and further away from downtown. I wonder how people like, if you're not like a banker or a downtown lawyer or someone who trades on the stock market and like you just work a regular job that pays like, let's say you make minimum wage. Like someone has yeah. to work at Starbucks, that kind of thing. And there's tons of those around. There's fast food places everywhere. I don't know where those people can live in the city. I really don't. And who would commute to go do that job? Yeah, because the East End uh, is incredibly gentrified over the last two, three years. Uh, Parkdale was one of those places and that's... It's, it's a big the, point of contention. Yeah. Uh, and I, I realize that we're talking about this specific to like what we know in the city we live in. I feel like it kind of works the same in any. Yeah, big city I would at this assume point. It's, it's just pretty, replace the name of formerly bad area now good area. Yeah, there's there's te certainly templates for this for your Chicago's and New York's and San Francisco's. I think it's it's probably pretty similar. Yeah, yeah. I, I honestly don't know what to do. They tried, no, but I have great empathy for the people that have to go through this because, and I wouldn't. Well, my, nice my, of you my, to come down from your ivory tower to tell people you know, you're nice sorry. As always, like if you don't need to be, if you don't need to be in a big city, don't be in there. Even if you want to be there, if you don't need to be there, go somewhere else. Yeah, but that also, but also part of it too is a lifestyle choice. You don't like big cities. A lot of people do like big cities, and that no, there is, I, I, I don't. yeah, but there is cachet if you're someone who enjoys don't. You know, the day-to-day -day, like urban life, then yeah. you want to live in a city again. Like I think the and hostel... you don't get like where versus where we live versus where you live. You don't get the same sort of city experience. You just don't. Yeah, I think the hostel thing is a, is a really apt comparison. And I know it's it's easy because I think like Paul said, this is like a converted hostel. <laughs> but I know whenever I travel anywhere, uh, specifically with my girlfriend, it's it's always a matter of do we really need an expensive hotel because we're only going to be there for two days. We're only sleeping in this hotel like, room. I really only like staying in hotels. I don't like staying. That's, in look, that's that's oh, oh, fine. shocker. C country estate Tim Too Rich only likes hotels. That's I mean that's that's a fine take to have, but I, I, I mean Airbnb has really helped them. Yeah, Airbnb is, well, is incredible. Airbnb helpful. is one of the primary causes of some of the housing crisis. Agreed. But are, sure. But does that, does that mean now? I mean, we all then we all have to make a pact that we're not going to use it. But if it's available no. and, it, well, and it's there anyway, why I, wouldn't I, I, I use it? Again, that's what makes the issue that much more thorny. I, the market demands space for people to come and visit, but yet it's taking up valuable space people need for, for housing. It, it's very difficult. It Look, might just be there isn't a solution to the problem. I don't think anyone's happy about it, but again, I, I think if you if you want to live in the city, if that's a choice you're making as a lifestyle, I think it's something at this point you just accept. Um, I think you go into it knowing the exact situation you're you're walking into, and it's, of course, not ideal. But I think like Pat said, I think there's just a certain personality of person who is like, I need to live in a city. Whatever means I have to make that work with is is how it's going to work. Yeah. And like for our experience as Canadians moving to Toronto, I guess Vancouver would kind of work the same way, depending on the industry that you're in. Like if you want to be at the top of your field, you need to live in these places because that's where the top. It'd be like, you know what? I am the best. I am a Wall Street trader. I am the best, best at finance <laughs> in the world. I'm moving to Little Rock, Arkansas. Like, 
that doesn't correlate. No. Like you have to live in a certain place. If you that, one of the world's biggest companies was started in and still is headquartered in Little Rock, Arkansas. Sure, but if you're a Wall Street trader, you can't move there. There's no stock market. Or you just keep trading and buying the stock of that one company. Yeah, <laughs> but there are certain professions that if you want to make the most and get the most notoriety and move up <clears throat> to the very top of your field, you need to be in the places where all those people are so you can be better than I, them. I guess if your only limiting principle is ambition and trying to make more, I, I guess, sure. I guess, again, I don't think that way. But you just said people to flourish. Like some people value- yeah, Flourishing means more than just financial wealth. I mean, but but that, that isn't just financial, that, but that isn't just financial wealth. Some people want to be the best at what they do. And that's what they, the money is- but No one will ever be the best at what they do. That's an unfulfilling- well, Some people would like to try to be. to be. If your life goal is to be the very best at something, you're going to live a very unfulfilled life because there is always a bigger fish. Yeah, but some people would say that's a good way to live life where you're never satisfied and you're always striving for something. Or a hamster on a wheel, becoming more and more immiserated. Again, this is all this is all just perception of life's greatest questions. Yeah. Which, again, we're probably not going to parse through. I know, maybe we can get it solved here if we keep talking this out. But by like flourishing, like, are you flourishing, Tim? In some ways, yes. In some ways, no. Okay. I don't feel like I am. I'm grinding. In some ways you are. In some ways you are. I'm, I'm grinding to try to get to the other side here. When I can move to. Cayman Islands and just live out the rest of oh, my life. The Caymans. Yeah, just anywhere. Anywhere hot and cheap. Just hot banking industry there. Yeah, the, the crooked industry. Yeah. That's where you really want to be. But yeah, no, like there are some people that value professional success. They don't want to have families. They don't care that this is what they're into and you need to be in certain places to do that. So you have to suck it up if that's what you want to go with. And then you try to climb up the ladder there. And there are certain places where you can do that and other places where you can't. I do think... That eventually, part of the housing crisis will be solved by telecommunication. That if I can do the show and you don't physically need to, let's say, let's say I picked up and moved my production tomorrow to Halifax. I went back, moved, moved back home. Doesn't mean you couldn't still be on the show. No, exactly. You could be anywhere in the world. Yeah. So stuff I'm like on this. The show all the time. Yeah, but like media-wise, I think we could do that. But the media industry is a lot smaller than people think. Although it's expanding, but it's just people shooting stuff from their houses. But there are certain industries that if you want to like go up the ladder and make the most money and be the most successful, you have to be in the biggest places. Tim is unimpressed. Yeah, Tim. Well, no, I don't, I don't dispute what he's saying. All right. More. Do you have more topics? I have one for you. So why don't you roll into one? All right. This one is going to keep on the trend of millennial culture. Not really me that brings us up all that often, but... The feeling of retro mm. is going to be going like retro. When does it stop? When we think of things as retro, like is oh, it, so are, we're trying to figure out what the time parameter, yeah, of something that should be considered retro is. Like I feel like the cutoff for retro is going to be like two thousand five. Anything after two thousand five, there's not going to be twenty years from now being like, oh man. Like you have Stranger Things, and like the eighties oh, are really huge. So you mean the per you mean even just the cultural perception yes. of retro as a viable thing? Collective memory of a population works for these certain retro things because, because we had because sort of a we, monoculture. We all remember it, right? But now it's stopped. That's true. That people aren't going to look back. Like let's say it's two thousand nineteen now. In two thousand thirty nine. Are we going to have some sort of like retro TV show or retro renaissance of things that happened this year? Well, no. there just won't be anything that's that's engraved enough in the pop culture. 
Like you just can't spoof things anymore. You can't yeah. reference things. Like, yeah, I mean, true. it's a good thing that the Zuckers made Airplane in the early 80s because they wouldn't have a career now. Or the Wayans brothers. Well, even think like how how differently... But does that mean we recycle 80s stuff, recycle 90s stuff? Or am I just way off base on this? And as I'm not actively participating in the popular culture because I'm older now that I'm just now an old person who doesn't get it. No, I... Like you're, I you're a young man. I mean, I'm not that young, but I, th I think... I think you're right. I think it's a, I don't even know if it's a problem necessarily that we're going to run into, but um, yeah, like I, I think even the fact that Stranger Things is such an apt and- Also, hot take, Stranger Things is the big bang theory with better production value. I can see that. Like, it's not good. It's fine. It's fine. I like it. It's fine. It's, um, but people are like, Stranger Things is like the greatest show. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not, not, it's, not. It's, it's not a well-written show. No, it's also like not that good. It's pulpy. It's fine. But it's pure nostalgia. Exactly. And, but like you said, it, it has these reference points where it, it, it references points of the culture and I wasn't even alive, but that I still understand. Like when you just see a character who's clearly the Terminator, but you don't have those movies anymore. You don't, you don't have these touchstone cultural events. So I'm, I'm with you. I think, I think this concept probably dies out relatively soon. No, I, I think someone living in 1978 would have said this very same thing about the last previous four years of their life. I think it was ever thus. I, I think we have just as much or just as little of a monoculture as they did in a lot of, a lot of ways. How though? Because, because social media and because media in general can control. But everything like, goes so fast. In 1976, you did not read a newspaper from another city. You did not, you probably didn't know anybody from another city. The idea of like there being a national story was very few and far between. The reason like Watergate or the moon landing were big stories is because they didn't happen very often yeah, now. But, but that's the whole point. point. But we have Everything so many of story. them. Every, now they're, we participate in everything. Yeah, yeah but that's, that's, that's the, the problem. problem. And it's not that we participate in everything. The three of us generally participate in the same thing. Yeah. So to us, it seems like something is huge. But 99% yeah. of other people aren't engaging with what we're looking at. They're engaging in their own thing. And it's just, it's so chopped up and so niche now that that's yes. a problem. Content is, but the mediums have never been more connected. Everybody has but it's, a it's, But, but it's all it's different. It's a double-edged sword. Also, too. what you see on your Facebook feed and your Twitter feed, it's completely different than what I see. And we have similar interests. That's correct, but we all have Facebook. That's correct, but we all have Twitter, right? I mean, like, what? But, but there's too much. You're, but, but you're, also, stuff, you're overstuffing something that's already full. It's, an, it's a saturated market, Tim. Like, I mean, there's the social network, the movie is a type of nostalgia. But that's even, the sort of thing. But even that, that they made that, they made that movie, what, 10 years after? Like you're, you're seeing this a lot more now too. Like these, these movies and films that are based on true stories and events, they're getting pushed through production companies so quickly because they understand that if they don't do this fast, if they don't do this now, this touchstone cultural event won't be a touchstone cultural event anymore. Like, and, and there's uh, too much stuff. Tim is right about Facebook. A lot of people have gotten rid of Facebook, yes. but Facebook by and large, especially from like old people to, I mean, it's more and more younger people who don't have Facebook now, but like more older people have it than any other social media. But most people do not have Twitter. No. Like at all. Most people are not aware of what goes on. I would like, say Instagram is probably Instagram has more users, especially yeah. in North America than Twitter. Like Twitter's, Twitter's not that, Twitter is popular among a niche set of people. Yep. Basically media people. Journalists. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but they drive the wheels. But they don't because the people yeah. don't have Twitter to pay attention to it. Like you pay attention to it and that's great. But it's even like when you look at ratings for like, there's the only monoculture 
peace in yeah. at least North America that we've had yep. over the past five years is Trump. That's it. Yeah, or he and is even, monocultural. But even but even that's way too fast. Marvel is monoculture. To an, yes, it what is. What is Marvel but monoculture? Sure, it is. But again, you've got but can Marvel, you have nostalgia Marvel for is, something that's already a hundred years old? That's the thing. You it's one twenty years from now. People will have nostalgia for the Avengers. I think but those no, they will just make new Avengers movies. But like Pat is saying, not only are those stories already sixty years old, so technically they're already a retro of themselves. But it took where, where let's say the first Superman movie, everyone kind of knows like a certain generation, everyone saw that Superman movie. There was one of them for a while. I know they ended up making four, but no one really references maybe outside the first two, unless you're Richard Pryor. I'm going to say outside of office space, no one really references Superman three. Exactly. But Marvel, it took them 24 movies to tell a story. That, again, is a microcosm of the exact thing we're talking about. There's just so many avenues to making content. Even Trump, like you said, the, the only monoculture thing we have, it's it's amazing to even view Trump just through, like, the the perspective of, like, comedians. Like, you see comedians come out with a Netflix special where they have Trump jokes, and you can pinpoint the week they did that because their jokes are already incredibly stale, because there's 17 new Trump stories every single day. Like, yeah, it's not, aside it's, from the fact that some people think he's great or some people think he's an idiot, I don't know how many touchstone Trump moments there are because there's just too many. Remember when he touched that orb? Yeah, Remember the, how big the, that the, was? The orb is still the single best Trump moment. But like, and everything changed at that moment. <laughs> fair. But like, I think you could honestly talk to somebody about Trump for 17 hours and the orb might not even come up. Like, there's just, there's nothing about society today that moves slow enough to have it be ingested the way things were ingested. I remember when the, his fake diet came out, Morency and Cam did an entire show <laughs> on what was on that diet. <laughs> was Diet Coke on it? That's how you knew he was on a diet? <laughs> yeah, very funny. But it was though, wasn't it? I don't remember. Um, the other thing too that we don't have, and like when you chop it up, I mean, people, this isn't a new thought with, you know, podcasts becoming a medium and there's 38 million of them. There's 400 channels. There's just different ways that people consume media in that's you can consume whatever you want on demand, whenever you want it. Yep. That I even look at something like I'm what, eight years to nine years older than you, seven mm, years, maybe seven years. I think. And I'm older than Tim, but the three of us, because we all grew up with the Simpsons understood cultural touch points from the fifties 60s, yep. 70s, and 80s. We learned about old pop culture through that stuff. Yep. And we became made aware of it. And then when you would see something like, I probably saw more scenes of The Godfather through The Simpsons before I actually saw The Godfather. I would agree. I saw most of Citizen Kane by watching The Simpsons before I actually saw Citizen Kane. Yeah. That there's nothing like that anymore that teaches no, people. Part of it too is we, we didn't grow up with the internet. So we used to, watch, we used to watch a lot of old reruns of old television. Like I have I seen agree. every episode of Columbo and of Murder She Wrote, and uh, you know, uh, do you, you ever know, do, do, have you ever had an Angela Lansbury beat? <laughs> no, but I have watched all of those, and we all did. We all watched Gilligan's Island, and we all watched. No, the, no, the see, no, see, no, you're, you're, you're generalizing this way too yeah, much. Yeah, you, you are. You are. You're generalizing this as someone who is people who are ten, like people who are ten to fifteen years older than you, Tim. That is the experience that you somehow had. Well, I don't. Well, I mean, this, this is the shows I watched yeah, growing up. We like, watched retro shows again. So, sorry, so Tim, you're thirty 
two, correct? Yeah, that's right. Okay, so I am five years younger than you. And and we're obviously very different people. That is the whole point of this show. But I will it, I will say, I can remember the first time I was, where it really became easy for me to go to a computer and find a website to illegally stream shows. I think I was like 16. So I still don't know how to do that. For, for most of my life, when I've, at least for most of my life where I've actively consumed my own content, I've been able to do that. Like, so I'm not, I, while I'm not suggesting that all 32 year olds have watched all of Gilligan's Island or Columbo, that again speaks to the point of how quickly this all moves. Five years of separation between where we, or when we grew up, and I was essentially able to stream things my entire adult life. So I would say that what Tim is talking about, whether it be like Hogan's Heroes and these shows from the 60s and 70s, MASH, that kind of thing, I can tell you things about them without ever having seen them. Sure. And I think that's more the point that I was trying to get at, that yes. you learned about culture from other culture that had previously come along. Yes, and there isn't that show that does that and assists in but that the, way. It doesn't even need to be a show. It could be anything, but there, where nothing is as monoculture as that. Like, growing up every single day, how many, and for all three of us, how many times a day was Seinfeld, The Simpsons, Fresh Prince, for that matter, just for our actual age range? How yeah. many times a day were these shows on? Like, eight? You could catch The oh, Simpsons. And I would consume nearly all of them. I watched Pretty much any hour if you had basic cable. Yeah. And like you only needed 20 channels, and these yeah. were the same shows. Like, think about how many times anyone who had TBS growing up for, like, 15 years. How many times have you seen Shawshank Redemption? Deep oh, blue, deep 20, blue 25, 30, 35. Yeah. Like, that just doesn't happen no. now. So, back to my original point of where does, like, retro call, like... Does retro continue to be a thing? Does it become more prevalent because people in their 40s and 50s and 60s as we get older have no concept of anything that happened after 2005, but there will be nothing after 2005 that even this new generation grows up that they can point back to, that they want to watch something like a Stranger Things? So will content always technically be geared towards people of our age at minimum and older? Well, I think the one thing to think about too is just level of access to this stuff. Like you could make the argument that the reason people like retro things is because there was a time when- There was a time. There was a time when if you weren't watching the thing you wanted to watch, you didn't have access to that thing ever again? Yeah. Or you didn't know when it was coming back. So if you grew well, up- I remember having to, to, to you know go through various hoops to figure out how to tape something on my VCR. Sure. And then try to guess how long I think this football game is going to run so that I can record it because of, or, or how long this, you know, this special episode of a show is going to run. And if I missed it, I'm done. Yeah. yeah. And, and at Tim's house, when he hooked in his VCR, it was always 12 o'clock. Always 12 o'clock. Except for the half seconds where it wasn't time at all. Yeah. And it was 12 o'clock again. Really, really. It actually became very embittered when I got rid of VCR because I ended up becoming really, really, really good. At programming, so like good, so good at VCRs. So, I, I, I'm the best at VCR. Let me tell you, I'm the greatest VCRs. I'm used the to best. Have set up that I could have multiple VCRs running at once, so I could tape things off. Yeah, you know what you do now? You press one button on your remote to record something. So again, that's why I was so annoyed. It was like a, it was a guild system that I had like mastered, and all of a sudden it just was useless. All of a sudden, I had you know? to, I had to learn VCRs. Everyone should have to learn. Yeah, VCRs. so so Tim, the generation before Tim, they had to walk uphill both ways in the snow tim knew how to use two vcrs at the same time but i think my my point being is just I, I think having access to the things you grew up with like the next generation will it's not going to make you pine for those things in the same way because you'll just all they'll always be at your fingertips 
So you won't need something to come along that references these things because why would I watch something that's a watered down reference to these things when I could just watch the thing itself? Yeah. So I think you're right. I think I think the concept of retro might die out pretty soon. Or it just becomes, and we're seeing this in TV, that they, they brought back Will and Grace. And it like does well. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> like true too. I think they're bringing back Frasier, which I'm fired up about. I love Are they Frasier. actually bringing back Frasier? Appar- apparently they are. Huh. Kelsey Grammer was spotted with a Frasier script. Oh. See, it gets me all fired up. Love Frasier. Other people hate Frasier, but maybe it'll be an age thing. Maybe I have like the, maybe I'm wrong on like what the year is. And that's like 2005 to 2008 is basically when people got not just dial up internet, but like good internet. Yeah. And knew how to use the well, internet. Well, again, that's the exact span I'm talking about where it's like, I can stream something if I want to stream it. Yeah, like, and it's weird. Like, because we talk about like millennials and Generation X and anything. There is an, and I mean, everyone wants to feel like, oh, I'm not a millennial. I'm a part of this range or this range. But I do think that there is a distinct period. And like maybe being like, I would say ages 32, 33, 34, 35, 36 right now, depending you know, where on that spectrum that you fall, that there's a weird in-between generation that didn't grow up with the internet yet got access to the internet as basically they became adults. So they know like, I know how to use the yeah. internet. But when I was in high school, the the level of internet that was going around is I had dial up. I was using Napster. Yep. I could burn CDs. And this was in like 11th and 12th grade. Mm. But I also needed that like phone thing that would like, like if someone was calling our house, oh, yeah. that it would pop up that someone was calling like with a screen ID and I could disconnect from the internet to pick up the phone. And like I was 16, 17, 18 at that time. And then by the time I got to college, internet was a little bit better. By the time I left college, it's the internet that we know now. Yeah, I mean, it's it's Remember interesting. We have about minutes for how many minutes of internet you could use a month. That was oh. that was even before. That was like AOL before that, though. That was like very yeah. first gen internet. But even like, so like that, mass internet. that span of time where I'm talking about, you know, finding shows and streaming them. I can specifically remember, uh, I was, I think I was binging like the first season of Dexter or something. I'd been behind on it and it was, it was like, Oh, I'm going to watch this show. I found, imagine how sad you got when you got to the end. Yeah. I found an illegal stream. This is going to be great. This was right around the time they started, uh, where internet just wasn't just free anymore. (laughs) And, uh, or it wasn't like you just paid internet and you got as much internet as you wanted. This was right when they started implementing the caps on the caps on internet. And I remember my mom getting the bill for the internet and it was like $200 because I had just been streaming episodes of television to my heart's desire. And it's like, yeah, there's, there's weird moments where everything shifts. And for my, for the 25, 26, 27, 28, 29 year olds of the millennial culture that the internet is just phones basically for us. Like I, I didn't have my first cell phone that had internet capabilities until the 12th grade. And then by the time I was in college, it was just like, Oh yeah, Everyone has phones and they can do everything. Oh, Tim, remember when I got my first smartphone when we went to Bonnaroo? We were so proud of that piece of it junk. Was, it was so terrible. <laughs> that was in 2009. I got my like not first. As good as, not as good as our friend's Palm Pilot. Remember that? Oh, oh yeah, Palm, Palm Pilot. Pilot. Yeah, yeah, he carried around that stupid stick with him all the time. Well, I remember being at CSM uh, and thinking I needed to get a Blackberry if I wanted to be a journalist. Like, this is how far we've come. Yeah. Like, when did you get your iPhone? Because you were one of the first people I knew who had an iPhone, Tim. Actually, Artie was. When, yeah. I, li- when I lived with Artie. Oh, Artie. Was it to keep track of the Lakers scores? <laughs> uh, of course. You should see how fired up he is about That's the Lakers. Artie used to blog. Yeah. He had the, he had the Artie blog. Artie's Lakers blog. And all it would just say is, the Lakers are the best. <laughs> Kobe above <laughs> everything. And that David West I... is the best center in the West. Although he's not a center, but he just liked how the words were moved together. I think I got my iPhone in 09. 
late 09. Yeah, so that's when I moved in with him, when I moved up to Calgary to live with him, he had like the first like, iPhone 3, I think it was. Right. Uh, and like I remember using the internet to watch like football, like tracking like my fantasy mm-hmm. football scores on Yahoo. Be like, this is like the fucking future, right? Yeah. Now. yeah. And now everyone's just on their phones. I remember how excited I was when I, I went from a flip phone to a QWERTY phone. I thought QWERTY phones were like, oh, the keyboard's right here, man. It's like a tiny little keyboard. This is amazing. But I, I, we had a cell phone at home. Like we had a brick one for a while. And then the first one that I got was my first year of college. It was a peanut phone. I don't even know what that is. It just it looked like you a don't know what a peanut, peanut phone peanut. is. Like they don't flip. They, they oh flip. yeah, the the little like Nokia brick kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's no, it wasn't. I, yeah, maybe it was Nokia. You could play Snake on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's all I really remember. Yeah, no, because my my mom was, uh, she was the ex- executive assistant of some big wig at the Bank of Montreal. Was it Tim? Yeah, it was Tim. Um, look at these pores coming in. To but I remember. Look she, at their loans. She had she had one of those Nokia brick phones. But it was it. You couldn't take off the plastic cover like that was part of it, because it, it couldn't get wet, or it would just instantly break. Yeah, I remember when razors were all the rage. People loved a razor. Yeah, that was like two thousand eight. I feel like. Yeah, that was right before yeah, like. They were only all the rage for like six months. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know Tim's timeline on stuff like this, but no. like before iPhones and Blackberries like took over for a while. Phone. No, razors were big. Ra- razors were like the thing to have. Just yeah. flip them like this and start going. But again, like. Maybe I'm just way off base. Are people going to have this kind of conversation knowing exactly what we're talking about? Now, maybe types of cell phones are one thing. Those things will always remain. Like, you might have an Android. I have an iPhone. Paul has a Huey. However you say that. <laughs> a Huawei? A Huawei. Huawei. It starts with an H. It doesn't make any sense. Huey? <laughs> yes, one of those. Like, does it get to the point where 10 years from now, there are 38 different types of cell phones you I can buy? I think, I, think they'll, I think these moments of, like, Hey, do you remember life before? Remember life when you had to talk to someone over video chat and you couldn't just bring up a hologram of them on your hand? Like that, that stuff will still happen. You have to understand in 1997 or eight, the idea of like FaceTime was so impossible to imagine. Yeah, it was that on like, the Jetsons. That was a big thing on yeah, the Jetsons. It, it was a big thing on like Star Trek The Next Generation too. Be like, oh, yeah. FaceTime, here we go. Oh. It was inconceivable. And now it's just common. It was Wallace Scott? Yeah, I, I can actually, between Paul and I, we could figure out, like, if all of our cameras went down, all the lights went down, I could have the three of us and off his phone and with our phones filming like this, and we could do a video show Yeah, in th- four separate locations across the world and just do it like that. And it, it wouldn't be too difficult. I remember, like, the first time I figured out what a hotspot was. I was like, what? This is crazy. How can you do this <laughs> I, stuff? I don't know what that is. You don't know how to use the hotspot on your phone? No. Oh, man. Poor Tim. It's a sad, sad life. Uh, do we have time for one more of these, or are we done here? Oh, Tim, I wanted to talk to you. How do you feel about breakdancing in the Olympics? This is good. We needed to finish oh. on a on a funny note. I think it's great. Breakdancing's hard. Yeah. It's very athletic, and it's hard. Now, it's, do, put it this way, do Tim. Do you provide your own boxes, or does the IOC provide I, I think that the IOC probably provides the boxes, because they need to be, like, the same for everyone right, to do their right. breaking Uniform on. Boxes. But I think that you provide tracksuits and the crew that's like... That stands around now, in your circle. So does your crew also get to walk with you through the opening ceremony? Do they get to stay in Olympic Village? I would think so. I think okay. they also get a medal. Like if a horse gets a medal or the jockey gets a medal and like dressage, like why can't your beatbox crew get a medal too? Does the horse get a medal? I don't know. Probably. Tim, does the horse get a medal? No, they get laurels. They don't get medals. Ah. The trainer or the do, rider. Do you or think the they should get medals? 
I don't know if they should get medals, but they're definitely athletes. I would like to see them in the Parade of Nations. It's going to be horse crap everywhere. <laughs> it's not the start of the Lion King. <laughs> Which apparently is flopping. Is it flopped? Did it not make any money? Well, I don't know if it made any money, but now all the reviews I've read have been The bad, reception so hasn't been great. Yeah, but Tim actually changed what he had said. He yeah. Said, he said the Lion King is going to be a complete disaster. And he was like, well, it's going to make like a billion dollars. He's like, yeah, well, it's not about the money it makes, it's about the critical reception. It's like, that's not ever nope, the argument that you make. Nope. Yeah, it'll still make a billion dollars. I yeah, so, I so he, had, like, he had to change his argument halfway through when he knew he was going to be wrong. So that, now he's stuck on it. Is. I'm trying to figure out what his cinema score is. Does cinema score matter? It's got like a 60 on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, it's not even like people are saying it's the worst movie ever. They're basically just saying you didn't have to redo this the way you redid it. Yeah. You should have just left it alone. But just hey, even a bad but review hey, you necessarily. Made a, you made a few billion dollars along yeah, the way. Yeah, sure. It's about uh, the friends and the billions you but made are along you, the way. Are you for or against breakdancing in the Olympics? Against. Why? I got nothing against breakdancing. I think it's really hard. I think it's hard work. But I don't think it needs to be in the Olympics. Why not? I There are too many things in the Summer Olympics. I don't think that... That kayaking event where they go down a man-made water uh, track should be the. That's in so the fun Olympics. to watch, though. Yeah, it's one of the. That's one of the. That, that's one of the few that is fun well, to watch. That's the whole thing. All the new sports that have been introduced to the Olympics are like the only thing that people care about watching Look, on TV. I've the said only this ones. time and time again. It's it's so obvious that the biggest flaw with the Summer Olympics, and I know they're the most, they're the more watched of the two Olympics. I I find people hurtling themselves down ice slopes at hundreds of miles per hour, a lot more entertaining than the Summer Olympics, personally. Oh, you see, you'd rather watch the luge than watch someone run a marathon? <laughs> yeah. But, hey, Summer Olympics get better ratings for whatever well, reason. Well, no, Summer Olympics get better ratings worldwide, especially, because... There's just more countries involved. Yeah, there's just more countries involved sure. in the Summer Olympics. But the, the biggest and issue... And there's more sports. ...with the Summer Olympics is your marquee event, at least from just a, a ratings perspective... Last 10 seconds. Last 10 seconds! Like, that's a problem. That's a real big issue. So yeah, let's let's do breakdancing competitions. That sounds great. Yeah, I'll tune in. I'm far more likely to tune into that than anything that has to do with horses in the Olympics, which is ludicrous. What is no, the horses breakdancing? No, yeah, I'm, ho uh, ho horse breakdancing. I'm in. Dressage is very impressive, and yeah, dressage is the original horse breakdancing, Pat. But you know, I, I've long thought that the Olympics should try as much as possible to be just about. Swimming and running and horses and athletic and uh, <laughs> really had to jam that one. Running, there. swimming, and horses. What I think and, of when yeah. I think about the Olympics. Well, not just running, but like athletics, like in terms of like the hammer toss. Just remember the, the three distance. R's: reading, writing, horses. Well, eventually, like the Olympics is having such problems because every city that hosts it like goes into like a recession. Yeah, and no one wants to. Yeah, <laughs> no one wants to host it anymore, and it's becoming less and less popular in terms of actually viewing it. That. You need to spice it up a bit or it's going to go away. It's just not going to be viable. It's still a commodity. No, I don't want to change it all. I want it to stay exactly as it is. It's timeless. You sound like a parody. You realize that, right? Like, that's the exact thing, like, a Tim a Tim drawstring toy would say. Like, I don't want to change anything. I want everything to stay the exact way it is. You'd be like, I've never said that. Like, you just said that. The Olympics are, uh, to me, a pretty timeless thing. Yeah, but, but the thing is, they, their time might be up, Tim, because they might have to go away because they're not viable. No, no. Listen, Tokyo, Paris, and Los Angeles are lined up to host the next three Olympics. Sure. Three world-class cities. But don't yeah, you but think what, what, there's an issue that there's only three cities that already have the facilities available to them, and they're the only places that are willing to host this thing? Isn't that a, a red flag for you? And what happens if they, it doesn't go well and these cities lose billions and billions yeah. of dollars? Then no one wants to host it. What do you do there then? Will, 
because the Olympics are the biggest event in the world, there will always be a marketplace for them. They just will. I don't they, know if they are. I mean, yeah, sports come in and sports come out when we can make some changes on the margins. So, like, breakdance, whatever. Like, it's not the end of the world. I, I wouldn't have included it, but if they did, so be it. I mean, there's lots of sports I'd like to throw out of the Olympics. I actually think that we should try to pare down what we've got in the Olympics. And there's too much there as it is. That might be one should, way to make it more viable. Yeah, less I like to focus on the essentials. What makes the Olympics great is amateur sports that are based on athleticism and, uh, you know, fair play, swifter, higher, stronger, that type of stuff. That's what made the Olympics so popular. But no, 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 no. I, I completely disagree with it's that. It's just no one had an imagination when they were coming up with sports. They were like, someone just looked at all these things and was like, hey, you know how they've, they've, one sport is about throwing something really far and one sport is about running really fast and one sport is about catching things. What if we just combined all those traits and made them into one game called like, Football or baseball or basketball. But, but also, I mean, this can also go back to the monoculture thing, too. Like, the Olympics is monoculture, or at least it was, and yeah. that seems to be deteriorating year after year after year. But it is, it's not the athleticism that people love so much. It's the fact that every country in the world gets together to compete. Like, there's a, there's a, yes. there's yeah, a, there's really a cool national too. investment. No one really gives a shit about the high jump. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, no, they don't. They don't. I don't think they there's don't. many high jump purists. Do, do, yeah, yeah. Do, do you know why that, like, High jump isn't on TV outside of the Olympics because no one gives a shit. No, I know, but I like to watch. No, so so so, so you know or you don't know? Which side is it? I don't think you're wrong, but I think people like the Olympics, so they like the things in the Olympics. No, they don't. They they like they like cheering on their country. They like cheering on their country, and they like competition. It doesn't really. It's like why the World Cup is super popular, even in countries where soccer is not super popular. Like, look at Canada. Canada sucks at soccer. But people get all jazzed up for the World Cup because it's countries competing against each other. That's the draw. It's a good format, yeah. It's not necessarily the sport. It's not necessarily the competition. It's the fact that it's happening. I, I agree with all of that. I think there, there's something to be said about that. But nevertheless, the, the sporting events are cool. Like, I think the yachting is neat. And I <laughs> oh think that the God. horses... So, wait, are- so we're, back, we're back to Tim Too Rich here. So, but but again, because from from my perspective... I think seems- the only thing in the Olympics <laughs> should be just dressage and maybe the America's <laughs> Cup. Because I, I thought the take you were going to have was essentially it should boil back down to its original roots, which while it's a take I don't agree with, at least that's a take. So now you're like, it should be running, and it should be the horses. discus, and horses, but also yachting. Well, like, sailing and, and boats, those are timeless as human, as human beings. So is breakdancing. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I feel like... Yeah, Tim hates Tim want... hates poor people. He hates poor sports. No, yeah. I just am afraid that What if they if... broke dance on, I don't know, some sort of cashmere cushion? <laughs> will break dancing still be a thing 50 years from now? Well, or will it have been a fact? Will, will horses? Who knows? Yeah. I mean, are horses more food or athletes? Because I would say food. I don't know where you're eating. Uh, perhaps this is why I don't eat at the places you eat. Uh, I'm just thinking about the rest of the world, Tim. Horses can be very tough meat, but very delicious. Have you ever eaten horse? Because their I hide is also very useful. Yeah, they're products. Mm-hmm. Horses are majestic athletes. I mean, baseball players wear them on their hands. That's true. So I guess in that way, and they make super isn't sticky glue. Isn't that mostly cow leather? Uh, I think. I think. I don't. I don't know, man. I don't know about the production of baseball gloves. I know they used to be made out of horse hide. I think you might be right. It might be cow hide. Maybe. Who knows? He is. Yeah. Horses, more of a utility product than an athlete, at least in my mind. There's so many different uses. 
Like general transportation? Sure. Athlete? Again, a bit much. That block of cheese. Yeah, more, roll with more the, I, I'm in. That that should definitely be in the Olympics. I would watch that <laughs> every single time. Win. First one down you the hill. First the one down first, the, yeah. yeah. Whoever gets the cheese wins. You roll it down the fucking hill, and you have to take the tumble. You take the tumble. You love these simple old school Olympic games. What is what is more time cherished than a bunch of hungry people going after a single <laughs> piece of food? And that really fits into your Tim Too Rich narrative. You can be the guy wearing the top hat and monocle. Oh, here's a here's a very low rent wheel of cheese. I'm going to roll it down this hill. Now you pour, now now you pours over here. You line up, and the moment I drop it, you you go chase it. You can eat like a king for four days on your on your like wheel of cheese. The I rest don't speak of you like Thurston Howell the third. See if more people watch Gilligan's Island, they would be up on that. See, I never have, but I know what he's talking about. That impression sounds just like him. It sounds like you. Yeah. No, it doesn't. Let me go to my summer house and my country estate while the poor is mine the field. I don't want to touch the water that interacts with the different types of plantation that I have growing, but, you know, the others can do that. That's fine. I'm just going to sit down on this Sunday afternoon and watch my jumbo jets. <laughs> It's like hanging That's out with fine. Tim. Yeah. It's a very good Tim impression. I thought so. All right. I think that'll do it on Cuss Corner. Cuss Corner 21. Where, where con- does the time go? Less contentious than usual. Well. I made a concerted effort to try to not be as antagonistic anymore. And try to see Tim's side of things. And maybe have a decent discussion about it. Well, as long as you just, you know, completely disregard anyone who doesn't have any money. Yeah, it's very it's pretty easy. easy to pretty see easy to solve. <laughs> Oh, that t- is not my view. I am I'm an advocate for the common person. And horses. For the man on the street. I That's th- why I brought I think that horses should have bigger living stables than people. <laughs> Wasting all this city space on people. Where's the where's the room for horses? Oh, I do have one final news note for you. I this came out a while ago, but Cliff Kingsbury giving his team like designated 15-minute and 30-minute cell phone breaks oh. for meetings. I think that's smart coaching. I think it's smart coaching too. Like, that's him knowing his They're going to do it anyway. Yeah. So. Let him go check Instagram. What's that? Right, coaching. I would ban cell phones from my, from my, uh, from my players. You, sir, would be usurped. Yeah. See, that, that's not going to work out very well for you, I don't think. You think Bill Belichick gives people 15 minute phone breaks? Probably not, but he's also Bill Belichick. You would just be Tim yeah. Andercast. You'd be like, you can't have your cell phone in here. That is ridiculous. Unless you're using a telegram. Let's get back. I don't want to yeah. hear about it. Let's get back to next week's game plan. I've been reading the Broncos message boards. I think <laughs> I have a pretty good idea of what they're going to run this week. <laughs> That's not funny. You're laughing. Yeah, you're laughing at it. I'm laughing at how ludicrous that is. But I, but this is this kind of goes like, it, it's not even just like, in a football environment, yeah, you can seem kind of silly, but like it's almost like office culture at the same time. How much office culture has shifted, especially if you work in an office that has mainly people under 40 in it versus where Tim works, where everyone's like, it's him and a bunch of 70 year olds. Yeah. Which I assume just kind of works. It's just people show up late, too, people right? show up, you know, they leave early, they take a whole bunch of vacation. But like, you, know, you go into like office culture now, like people are like on their phones a ton. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's also if if you're talking about NFL players specifically, like you're you're literally spending half the day in your team's, you know, uh, in your team building just watching things on like iPads anyway. Yeah, like the 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 access to the technology is right there. So, 
That's it's kind of hard to avoid it. Yeah, it seems like a very players coachy thing to do, but I actually think there is some sort of logic behind it. Yeah, sure. That if you can now, if it doesn't work, that you give people like 15 minutes to go beyond, go fuck off on their phones as a break anyway, and they come back in and they're still on their phones. Well, then it's completely useless. Well, but if yeah. it actually does work, I think. Yeah. Because I mean, that is the single, even at, when we worked at Fantasy in the pit, the single hardest thing to get people to do was get off their phones for a minute to listen to you to tell them what to do for work. Yeah. Again, like I think the only difference here is that Kingsbury actually has come out and said like these are designated phone periods as opposed to like if a coach just came out and said I'm giving players 10 minutes every hour to have a break, they're going to use it for their phone anyway. You're just not coming out and saying and calling it a phone break. So it's really not all that revolutionary. Yeah, like I I, sometimes I need to have a phone break in the middle of my show with Feinberg because he's just looking at his phone and not listening to me. We're actively doing it. We're actively doing content. Well, I mean, he's reading like Chargers message boards. He's, he's probably just looking at himself in the reflection of the phone. <laughs> doing his hair. <laughs> yeah. Like, Tim, you work with a lot of older people, right? I, I don't know if I would use the word older. Well, how like how old is the oldest person at your office? Oh, I don't, I, I don't know. I would say it's not a it's not as younger of a demographic. How, how are like the, the are you the youngest person in your office? No, I'm not the youngest. Person. Are you one of the youngest? I don't know. I, I would say that maybe 10 to 15% of people are in my age bracket. So you work in an old office then? Yeah. So like the median age at your office would be like 50 something. Probably. So you, you, you work with old people. You work with a bunch of olds. How's the like cell phone problem at people's desk there? I see quite a few cell phones actually. Yeah. Olds love a good cell phone. Well, they just figured it out. Yeah. Like my, my grandma, who's now actively better at her phone than Tim is. She has one of those real big ones, though. It's like basically an iPad. Yeah. I'm pretty good at my phone. You're not. You didn't even know what a hotspot was like 10 minutes ago. I still don't know what that is. How can, how can you be so good at your phone? What do you do? Like, honestly, you open up like the front page of like your apps, right? What are the yeah. apps that are on your front page that weren't that didn't come with the phone? I'm curious. The score app. The score. We can uh, do what? If he joined the Zoom link with his phone and pressed uh, share screen, we could see his phone. He's not going to know how to do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he can barely use his phone. He's not going <laughs> to know how to do that. So tell me, you have the score app. Okay. I have the score app. Right now I have the open championship app. Uh, what else have I got here? Google. I have Twitter. And I have that snake block game. Uh, so, sorry. So you have, uh, you have unlimited access to thousands upon thousands of games. And you've chosen as the one game you want to put on your phone, the game that came with Pat's Nokia 15 years ago. It's not the same game. It's basically the same concept. colors in this one. Yeah, there is colors, and you can be a palm tree if you want to. Yeah, I played it for like you two can. weeks. Yeah, sure. It was I, good. I had it too. There's a, there's a bunch of games. Yeah, that I you go play them for two weeks, then you delete starts. them because yep. it's just like, eh. So that's it. That, that's those are all the apps you have on your phone, and a couple of news apps. So like, you don't have banking on your phone. No, you don't have any ride sharing. You have no betting. You have no, no stock updates. No, you don't have like shared photos with people. You don't have like a Netflix or anything like that, so you can watch stuff on the go. I watch my Netflix on my computer. Yeah, but what if you're on the go? You don't have you don't know how you you, not on the go. You you don't have hotspots, so you can't watch Netflix if you're outside of your house. Oh, here do you have Tim, do you have data? Of course. Okay. I I honestly wasn't sure. Do you have unlimited data? Uh, I have like six gigs or something. You have six gigs? I I was talking to Paul about this the other day. He has two gigs. How many gigs do you have per month? 
I have six. You have six? I have 22 and I always go over it. Wow. You're streaming and well, watching. Well, to be fair, I, I mostly work from home now, so I, I really don't run into that problem. Too yeah, much. but I, my Wi-Fi at home isn't great, so I just don't use the Wi-Fi at my house. It's yeah, too that slow. Happens. That happens to me sometimes. When, once you get like blessed with like great internet like we have at the office, I, I want that type of internet everywhere. And I find like the LTE networks, like, you know, like they're five, very good. They're so fast now. Yeah. But like just even like I have five different podcast apps on my phone. Yeah, I, uh, I, I just have the regular one. What's that? I just have the regular podcasts one. Yeah, but you can have different ones if you want to listen to things on like Luminary. Until like three or four years, you know what? Never mind. No, please, please continue. Like two or three years ago, I was just going on the Safari link and finding the podcast that way, and just listening to it on the internet through my phone. I didn't even know the podcast thing existed. It comes with the phone. Yeah, but I never used it. So you would just 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 to clarify, because I find sometimes if I'm about to go on a plane or something like that, I'll find it in Chrome and, and download it just so I have the file. You're you're literally keeping that tab open. Cause sometimes you even have to make sure your phone is like it doesn't go into yeah. lock or sleep to keep listening to that podcast. So you would sit there with the page open for an hour listening well, to a podcast? play and then the screen would go black and you'd, you'd have that cue in the middle. Yeah, and then you'd play it and then... And then you push the Yeah, the cue is for QuickTime, yeah. by the way. Uh, but okay. you would play that, but you wouldn't be able to navigate around the rest of your phone. You had to keep no, it open. No, 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 That You were just on that page. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That for years. Yeah, he, he's over that. I, I have three different live streaming TV apps. I have this, like, one thing that so I don't have to carry so many cards around with me. Like, oh, I have this app that also keeps my pulse. Oh, that, that may have already though been on the phone. Does it work? Do you have a health app app that tracks yeah, your that's what it's called, diet health. coke yeah, consumption? That also comes with a phone. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. So like even things like uh, yeah, some somewhere to store like all of your cards. Like I I even saw it last night. Like my friend doesn't carry around his credit cards. He either just uses Apple Pay or opens up his like Mastercard app and just taps his phone. Where he I saw somebody it. do that once, and I was freaked. This happened like two months ago, a month and a half ago. We were golfing somewhere and somebody pulled out their phone and they had an exact photo of their credit card on it. And then they put it on the like the tap machine and it worked and I was freaked. How does no, that, no, no. How does that freak you out? Have you never used an, an You're e-ticket? You're supposed to carry the card with you. The card has the tapping quality in it. That's why it's called a credit card because it's an actual card. The idea that you could just like load an image of it on your phone somehow, and then through like it's not like, like you can just take a picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It. It's, it's not like you went into photos, took a picture, and now he has your credit card. That's not how it works. I didn't know what it was, and like they, they, their debit card was the same way. They like like had an image of it, and I was like, oh my. Okay, goodness. I ask. I ask again because now I'm I'm generally curious. Have you ever used an e-ticket to get into something? What's an e-ticket? <laughs> That seems like a good place. That's to a end. good place. That's to a stop, that's yeah. a fantastic place to stop yep. this. All right, Garyan, thank you for being here. No problem. It's a pleasure as always. Oh, of course, and always as usual. Bottom cat. I would like to thank him because his name actually is Timandagust. Timandagust. That's not my name. Thank you for listening to Top Cat Corner Twenty One, as the people call it. I'm great at phones. What's an e-ticket? <laughs> Oh, okay. You like, have is that like when you is that like when you go to the theater and you ask them to email you your ticket to your email, or like when you go to the like to get on the airplane 
where they email your ticket to your email and then you use your email to get on the plane. You're piecing this together. Yeah, you're, you're piecing this together. You're doing it, buddy. So I've done that. I've used my, e I, I'll have it forwarded to my Gmail and then I'll open up the link and it'll have up like the, the scanny thing for getting on the plane. I'm confused when you say forwarded to phone. your Gmail as if it wasn't just sent to your Gmail initially. Where, where was it at first? Well, when I say forward, I mean like when you're, when you're checking in, you enter your email address in so that they can send it to you. Yeah. Okay. You've got it. You're there. Now, do you go to like, do you go through Safari to Gmail to check your Gmail or do you have like your mail? No, app no, 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 I have it hooked up to my mail. Okay. See, I, uh, the first time I did that, I asked them before I left the store, when I bought my phone, I made them do that for me because I knew I was never going to figure it out on my own. Good with phones though. Couldn't figure out the mail app. <laughs> yeah. That, that tricky app where you enter the email address that you want to hook up to it. <laughs> Gets me every time. How many different emails do you have in your email? Just that one. Just my Gmail. Just Gmail? Yeah. Okay. You don't, you don't have your Hotmail? TimAndrecast69 at Hotmail.com? <laughs> I, don't, I don't use Hotmail or the Yahoo. Uh, I don't use it. Um, yeah, so like, I'm just looking through my ass here. Like, yeah, I have one that just has like... A hey, whole, your points cards. Yeah, sure. all my points cards are on yeah. it. Like, so if I... I don't have any points cards. You don't have any points We've cards? over this. Yeah, I, I don't understand how you can be spending all this money so frivolously and just throwing it away. You talk about people lighting their money on fire, you're legitimately giving away free money. I know. I should get a Shopper's Optimum card. I keep telling myself I need to get those. You can get that on your phone. Mine is on my oh, phone. I know. There's no excuse except laziness. All right, it's just like how you won't pay for things with credit cards to get the points, which still makes Not no sense. Things, no, I, I think there's it's, uh, it's a lack of dignity in that. <laughs> Where's the lack of dignity come in? Oh, I'm going to use my Visa for a $1.50 cup of coffee. No, thank you. Just use it for every purchase and then sync it to oh, your phone. No, then it I'm pays it off. Immediately. Out, what's, what's, what's the indignity <laughs> of literally like, boop, it's so fast. It's like, hey, you owe $1.72. Boop. By the way, do you know what is far like lower culture? Carrying around change yeah. to pay for it. <laughs> well, I just have a bunch of change in my car. Once I just have to go out to my car and grab a couple dimes, I'll be back. But yeah, you respect no, me, right? I have a specific little slot in my car where I keep all my quarters and my change. See, you could just get rid of this problem by just using a card and tapping it. Or having that card on your phone and just carrying your phone everywhere. Which you do anyway. Signs and wonders. I don't even think... It, the fact that he can figure out how to like, sync up his email to mail yeah, it's, does not lead me to believe that he should be using all these things. No, but he's good at phones, though. Great at phones. The best. Cuss Corner, it's Cuss Corner. Cuss Corner, it's Cuss Corner. He's got the hottest takes with the highest stakes. He should be president of the United States. But it's Cuss Corner, it's Cuss Corner. Cuss Corner, hee 